There's not one exactly one person prophesied. Um, you'll hear people talk about, they'll twist a scripture a little bit that talks about the last trump, and they want to make that Donald Trump. I don't believe there's any tie in there. However, it's interesting, but um, there are signs that, and we're going through the lessons of those signs as we speak. Um, there are signs that God gave us as to what will lead up to his second coming. Um, you know, I, um, so we know the general direction that prophecy says things will happen. We know the general direction of things. And there's some things that we know fairly specifically. And when Trump was in office last time, he was really checking the list off rapidly. Um, I believe had he won a consecutive eight-year term, we probably would have gone right into the peace agreement in that last four years. And as exciting as that sounds, just think about this. The people that you know that are lost, we've got to win them over. And as bad as um, as bad as this current administration is for our country, um, I think a little bit of it is, I think part of it is judgment. I mean, you don't kill 70 million babies and not get God's attention. Um, there's a lot of people in this country that are very anti-God in any form whatsoever, but there are people that are really 180 degrees of the God we know. Having said that, the other way to look at it is God has at least allowed us four more years with this administration. That has put things off for four more years from where we thought we were headed. And so I'm thankful for that. That gives us time to talk to people. And I mean, as, as bad as the country in general is doing, that still doesn't mean God can't bless each individual one of us or put us in somebody's life at the right time and the right season of their life to speak that word to them that they need to hear. And I mean, I, I need to be more mindful of that myself. But as far as Trump himself being, um, as far as anybody, other than the Antichrist and the false prophet, there are two witnesses that are mentioned. They'll come in the spirit of Moses and Elijah, but it doesn't, I do not, there are people that believe it will be Moses and Elijah. I do not, um, but it'll be somebody in that spirit. 
But other than that, other than the Antichrist, the false prophet, the two witnesses, there's not really any um, particular people mentioned in Scripture that I'm, that I'm aware of unless I'm missing something off the top of my head. But that doesn't mean that I don't believe God appoints people to do certain things. There's a lot of things about Trump that he's not like anybody else. He goes on four or five hours of sleep. When he was president, everything, everything in politics moves very slowly, except when Trump was in office. And his aides, he, he had several aides, and having several aides and just one of him they couldn't keep up. And they, they had a term that they used around the White House, and it's moving at the speed of Trump. Like they couldn't keep up with everything he wanted to do. Um, step outside of the political arena, and you tell me anybody else other than President Trump that had the qualifications that he had. He already knew every leader in the world because he had done business in their countries and had met with them. He, was an, he is an icon. And I'm not trying to be braggadocious about President Trump. I'm just saying we're all familiar with how God seasoned Joseph in, in Genesis, how he, had, he was sold into slavery and went to Potiphar's house. And he went from Potiphar's house back into, into prison. And he learned to, to take care of people in their desperate times and in their time of need and in desperate situations people in prison. He became the head prisoner. God blessed him even in his captivity. And he did all of that because he needed to go, Joseph didn't know it, but he needed to go through God's school of business and Potiphar's school of business. He needed to learn how to deal with people, the type of people he would deal with in prison. He needed to learn how to deal with people in desperate times. So that when he was put into that number two position in all of the known world, he knew how to deal with people and to be loving to them and to be kind. And God seasoned him all those years. And what was it, if I remember right, 13 mm -hmm. years, if I remember right. That's a long time. Um, I've got a friend that's going through a similar situation right now and just believes that God's curse is on their life. And... Um, and it's just not the case at all. God may be seasoning you for something, and you don't think you're in God's favor, when in fact, God has never taken his eye off of you individually. So having said that, I do believe that Trump has been seasoned, just like Joseph was, and I did a video on this too. Um, Trump has been seasoned for this time that he's at in his life. And I think if he gets back in, we'll see eventually that this four years of this administration was simply a stave off of giving us a little more time to influence other people around us. I'm so glad you said that. Listen, in the car coming here today, I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to give you four more years and you better clean it up. And so I, I said to her, you know, I said, some of the not my age group and the younger age group and, and Trump was running for office and they said, well, I don't, I don't believe God's hand is on him because, you know, he's, things he says and all that. And 
not getting with anybody like that. And I said, well, at least it don't be somebody. <laughs> and, uh, and so they said, you know, and I, I just made that connection in my head, you know. The word says he's looking for a willing heart. He's only looking for a willing heart. But I think that Trump somehow, in his, he was no dummy. They paint him as a dummy. But he, went to, he went to the Wharton School of Business and you can't be dumb and go to that mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. And so economically, look at all the, in, in his speech the other night, I'm talking too much. Again, no, Brian. No, 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 please, please. please go ahead. Well, that speech the other night, I thought the best thing about the whole speech, right off the bat, how he laid out what he got exactly. accomplished. Uh -huh. And I just now, last week, saw on YouTube this man that came on and said that he was had voted for Trump and he's going to vote for him again. And he said, I'm a lifelong Democrat. But he said, uh, Obama said that he would do this, 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 this. He named five things. And he said he did none of those. And there were times that the Obama administration had the House, the Senate, yeah. and the White House. Yeah. And they could have done anything they wanted. Yeah. They could have codified Roe versus Wade. And they didn't. And ne they never will. They need to dangle that every four years. They use the it to raise money with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With uh, what you were saying, that you believe God, you know, kind of stayed, stayed off for another four years when people prayed and asked to, you know, for their loved ones to be saved and all that. Would that not also maybe push? Back even further. Well, I'm just I, I God knows the end from the beginning. And and how I described that, I believe um, there's a caveat to it. I know that God knows exactly, He knows the end from the beginning. He right. knows exactly what year this is going to end, what second, what minute. Mm -hmm. When Jesus was on earth, when God in the flesh, Jesus was on earth. They asked him, you know, when is this going to happen? And no man knoweth the day or the hour. Well, at that point in time, in his mortal body, he did not know. But, you know, God allowed that separation of, of his knowledge. Mm -hmm. And the Spirit wasn't telling him exactly the time yet, or he wasn't willing to give it out. Um, but now that he is transcendent and all of God knows when, when the end is going to happen. At the very day, the very hour, the very minute. When we're going to transition into his kingdom. Um, so I don't... Yes, I believe that God pushed off this four years, but he knew in the very beginning of time that he was going to do that. If that makes sense. So to us, he's allowing us four more years. We need to get our act together. But he already knew that. When he was breathing life into Adam, he knew when he was, day one, he's creating the earth, creating everything into the firmament. He knew what he was going to have to do in our day and time. If that makes sense. So none of this is a surprise to God. Um, nothing dawns on God. 
but it does to us. So he's, he's simply letting us know, I'm giving you four, I'm giving you an extra amount of time. It's, but it's, kind, there's, like there's, there's, it's kind of like there's that prophetic time clock and we have our free will in between that space and he knows how it's going to play out in the end, but he's going to let it play out. Correct. And it's our choice what we do with that. Correct. Wiggle room in between his ultimate, well, his, his time clock, I guess is the way I think of it. Yeah, and you're spot on. I don't have that scripture in front of me that it makes me think of, but it talks about a restrainer. Um, let he that... He, he lets it go back to the self-sufficient. Yes. And that let means to go back. And the question that I ask is, um, what is it that's restraining? And it's God's time clock. Everything will happen when it's time. The Antichrist will not be technically revealed until it's time. Nobody's going to know um, when the final seven years starts until it's time. It, it will happen when, when the restrainer says it will happen. Well, I think that could go for absolutely everything, though. In it. You know, the peace, peace agreement's not going to happen before it's time. That's exactly correct. Before it's time, before it's time. So, I don't know. I think there, there might be something a little more specific to that. I don't know. Well, yeah. when the Holy Spirit is... See, we believe... Uh, uh, we believe in uh, the rapture. Uh, well, I've believed that my whole life. I've thought that just... Sure. Uh, my dad was uh, from Tennessee, and the whole family, uh, dad had uh, brothers that were ministers. And so uh, we grew up in the Baptist church, and, and Uncle John used to come and have a, uh, a revival at our church every Sunday. That's how we were raised. That's how we were raised. And so uh, we were taught that... that before tribulation, that we will be raptured, that the restrainer is the Holy Spirit in us on the earth, that is the restrainer. And then when we're raptured, then there's no restrainer because the Holy Spirit's gone with us. And that's, um, I sort of don't wanna get into that this early. That's a bit of a, I know that's heavily taught. And in the Baptist church, if you go against that, you're out. And in some Baptist churches, you're out. Well, it, yeah, um, it depends on, on the Baptist church. It depends on the church. Yeah. You go against one of them. Scripture, Rapture. scripture yeah. is 100% the other direction. We will be here. Um, there is a great revival through the Great Tribulation that's laid out in Revelation. I want to say Revelation 5, if somebody has that. Um, it talks about, he talks about 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe. So if you're on your phone and you can do a search, look for that 144,000. And I'm going to want the, the verses after that. But the, the, the question comes down to, and this is, I'm putting a little bit of the cart before the horse because we don't usually get to this till later, but that's okay. Matthew 24, Jesus is speaking and on, on the Mount of Olives. And I think we talked about this last week, I want to say, to set the picture a little bit. He told them that the temple was going to come down, not one stone would be left on another, and it blew them away, so they took them up to the Mount of Olives. And they said, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming, your second coming, and of the end of the age? And so he goes into this laundry list of nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there'll be famines, and there'll be earthquakes in di different places, and, and uh, 
uh, pestilences. And he goes, and he calls them the beginning of sorrows. And he goes, the end is not yet. But basically he's saying, we're, we're right there. We're close. But the end is not yet. And then he immediately goes into the abomination of desolation, which is the final three and one half years. Yeah. That'll start the, the final three and one half years. <clears throat> so a couple of things to that point. If you read Matthew 24, you have to answer one question to yourself. In the New Testament, is it, um, are God's chosen people in the New Testament the church or the Old Testament Jews? And it's obviously the church. So he says in Matthew 24, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon shall not give her light. And he gives a description of the rapture. So he's telling us it's after. And another point to that, on a pre-tribulation rapture, if the restrainer is taken out, scripture simply says that the restrainer will, will let things, he won't restrain anymore. It doesn't say that he's taken out. If the Holy Spirit is not on, in this earth, underneath the firmament, there are two witnesses that are here. Number one, if you're trying to get saved, there's no way of being filled with the Spirit. You have to be filled with the Spirit in order to be saved. So nobody through the Great Tribulation would be allowed to be saved. His Spirit wouldn't be here, if that's the case. The other point is, at the exact same time that the, the false prophet and the Antichrist come on the scene, that we know for sure who they are, we will know that at that specific time that the false prophet will be the Pope. But we don't know yet who the Antichrist is going to be. But at that mark, at that final three and one half years of the final seven, that last half of it, Satan is going to have his two witnesses, which will be the false prophet and the Antichrist. God is going to have his two witnesses that will preach through the entire three and a half years. And I believe it says that they, I know they're going to be in Israel, but I believe they're going to be in Jerusalem. But they have power to, to uh, kill and to send fire and plagues. A human being doesn't have that kind of power. The only time they would have that power is if the Holy Ghost allows them to do that. So if the Holy Ghost is gone out of this earth, like some people teach, it, it doesn't add up. There would be no power for them to perform these, in essence, miracles, but they're plagues and fire, and, and they have the ability to shut off rain, things of that nature. There that, wouldn't be any... You know, it says that... Uh, did, you, did somebody find that scripture, by the way? It's 11, 5-11. It starts at 5-11. Scripture Revelation is five. Can somebody five, bring that to thousand, me? Ten thousands. Uh, if I, I, don't know that right I, can, I don't know that I can see it. Oh, perfect. With the uh, with the mark of the beast, it says there's going to be those that won't take it. And is it because those of us that are going to be here through the tribulation? We're the ones that's going to be saying, no, I don't want it. That's correct. Okay, so that in itself, you know, if if we're believing that, you know, we're saved, and we are, then that in itself is going to say that we're going to be here through the tribulation. 
Because if the spirit to... is not here, why would anybody want to say I believe in God? Correct. Yeah. Um, and there was another point to that that I forgot. I'm going to go ahead and put that here. So he talks about the 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe. Um, give me just one second to tune in here on this. How do I go on? Is there a... That's not it. Is this KJV? Yes. What? Um, somebody just Google. 144,000 in Revelation. Tell me where that's at. Should we have 11? That's 10,000 10, times 10,000. 10,000 times 10,000, thousand thousands. That's not what I'm looking for. It's 144,000 specifically. Is it four? Well, that's the Jewish evangelist, right? The, the 12 tribes, 144,000. Yes. 7 and 4 is what it says here. 7? 7 and 4. I knew it was in the earlier part. Okay. Here we go. 3. Yeah. Um, okay, 12,000 of the tribe. Okay. Okay, so he's gone through that. Now this is John, and there's a, he's with an elder, and this elder is showing him these things. And he, after, so he, he names 12,000 from each tribe, and he goes through every single tribe, Benjamin and all of them. And after that, I beheld, lo, a great multitude which no man could number, from of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, now, how, there's only one way to be robed in white robe, and that is to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and for the remission of your sins and filled with the Holy Spirit. So these people are that description. So I'll carry on. And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped. I'm going to skip down to verse 13. So this is 7.13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence, they, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. So this elder says, Who are these people, this multitude that no man could number? And John goes, Thou knowest. And the elder said, these are they which came out of, now listen, these are they that came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So these, this is the biggest revival that the world has ever seen. Come through the great tribulation and we can, um, I just had a thought, leave my head. So we know that there's going to be a tremendous revival. The other thing that people will say is, um, I just had a, the same thought leave my head again, twice. The same thought. 
twice within a few seconds. No back talk. You got something, David? <laughs> no, Is that kind of like, you know, like when they're going to go start knocking on the doors? That revival? Well, this is at the end. This is at the... That the, will have already taken place. That will This is after it's all wrapped up and said, who are these people that came through the Great Tribulation? So this is after it's now God's kingdom. Okay. So was, um, that was, was that the people that were under the altar? No, that's the fifth seal. That's even before that. That's, that's probably a time that we're in right now and coming up to. People are going to be killed for the name of Jesus Christ. Yes. We see it a lot in other countries. The other point that I wanted to make is a lot of people believe, so if we're gone, all of this tribulation and wrath, they believe it's God's wrath. And that's incorrect. Um, Revelation 12 tells us exactly whose wrath this final three and one half years is. Okay, we're going to go down to verse 7. So there's a, I'll set the stage. There's a war in heaven. The culmination of that war in heaven is Satan is now kicked out of heaven and banished, and his minions are banished to the earth. And scripture says, and will be to the inhabitants of the earth and sea, for Satan comes down to you. So we're going to go there. Uh, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought his and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was there a place found any more in heaven. So he's banished out of heaven. Verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth, deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and loved not their lives unto the earth. And how many were cast down, Brian, do you think? Do you tell us well, as many, a good, as many, I mean, that there was half the angels Third. A third of the angels fell with him. I don't yeah. know if they're all with him at this war or not, but the ending part of that war is the exact same time when he's cast out of heaven into earth is the exact same moment that we start the Great Tribulation. So having said that, I'm trying to find the exact Twelve. wordage that I'm looking for. Um, Twelve. Here we go. And woe be to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath a short time, and when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman, the woman is the nation of Israel, that carried the man-child, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, into her promised land, for she is nourished for a time, times, and a half a time from the face of the serpent. And that's a three and a half year period. So at the when Satan realizes he's being kicked out of heaven, he knows, he knows scripture, just like 
somebody that sits in church all the time. He knows scripture because he deceives people with it. But scripture right here is telling us that that final three and a half years is not God's wrath. It's Satan's wrath. And he persecutes the woman for a time, times, and a half a time. And that's when God, or that's when Israel is given two wings of a great eagle to protect her and nurse her in her promised land for that three and a half years. At the culmination of that, um, all, Scripture says, I will bring all nations against Jerusalem to battle. So God's going to put hooks in their jowls and bring all these nations in. They're not going to be able to help themselves. And the way I tell some of, some of the people that are sitting in my Bible study, you know, a lot of these prophecies were written um, in the case of Revelation 2,000 years ago. In the case of Daniel, you're talking 2,600 years ago and even more on some of them. And it's like me telling you before you even came here tonight, you call me before you even come here and say, I'm going to tell you, hey, when you leave here, you're going to turn down this street, you're going to go that way, you're not going to be able to turn there. You're going to go another direction. And these are the exact turns that you're going to take to get home. And all you have to do is prove me wrong one time. And everything falls apart. But when you go to go home, it's going to go. You can't, you can't help it. Satan cannot help but do what God says he's going to do. And people don't think God's in control. He's in perfect control. But he's letting us know you don't have the ability to rule yourself. People are corrupt when they become leaders. There's not going to be, we can wish for President Trump all we want, and as much as I like President Trump, he's not going to agree with the Bible all the time. And he's, no matter who it is, he's not going to be a perfect leader until we see Jesus Christ as the leader. So that's the leader that we're waiting on. Of course, hopefully we'll all be in and the rapture. God will, give him, God will give him that knowledge. I mean, because... We've got a good God, and this is his world. It does not belong to the people on the left and the haters. Because America, Obama was wrong. America is still a Christian nation. And because this is no other nation like this nation. I think God put this nation here. Yes. But go ahead. Yes, because this we're free here and yet look at the direction that we're going and we as Christians have been fighting among each other over doctrine when we all should be together of one accord because number one the most important thing of all is this evil has got to be cast out we, we need to call it what it is it's evil, and we know where the evil comes from. Yes, it's got to be cast out. I think each of uh, God's people that are truly born again and truly love the Lord, you know, God is working in our hearts because He's saying it's time to take a stand. Yes, that this is not the way it's going to be. There is a great revival coming. But before that, many's love, many of their, their love will grow cold. 
That's what it says in the scripture. Absolutely. And what could be any plainer now than, looks like I was talking today, young teenagers, suicide rate is 59% up. And I told Leslie, they haven't been in church. They don't know there's a God that loves them. They look around them and they see, and they don't want to live anymore because they have no hope. That's right. And so the schools are giving them just the opposite. If they're not, if they don't know anything about God's word, then they don't know there's life. This is life. And they can't have done, there's nothing they could have done that was bad enough that God will welcome will them. forgive in. them. That's right. They're being desensitized. And you just don't, you don't know when there is somebody that so needs the Lord, you would never think in a million years you look at somebody and you think they have everything materially and all in you, and yet they they don't have the Lord, or they think they do, but, you know, God is just impressed on my heart to go to everyone I love and just say, look, I love you, and I just want to make certain that you're all right with God, that, that you have the Lord in your life, and, and God has just allowed me, and he just opened doors. And, and where I go to the beauty shop, been going for so long, I just, I said, you know, guys, I just want to, Julie, I just want to pray over you. They're all, they're all Catholic. I said, I just want to pray over you. And I said, because I just want you to understand what's coming, and it's scary. And those guys, every time I went, they had questions. And they would say, well, we'll just wait till Paula comes and we can ask her. And so I said to the to, you know, guys, do you know what's coming? So I asked before I left, could I pray over Julie? And she said, yes. I, I don't have that freedom to, with the rest of them. But yet. Yet. And I don't know why I'm telling you this, Brian. I'm not. I, this, this is not me saying this. Uh, I wasn't going to say this, but I, I was ready to leave, so I went in the back room where they keep all the hair dye, and I laid hands on her and prayed over her. And uh, and when I opened my eyes, they were all back there. They they all. And so then they begin to say things like, well, what do you think? Uh, and, and it was like, guys, you know, could you get in a, do you guys have Bible studies? They, I said, did you guys go to Sunday school? And they said, well, we went to uh, catechism. And, uh, but the Lord even impressed upon me to do prayer walking from in my house. <laughs> and so it's just blessing me. It's just bread for me right and left. I go around my neighbors, I pray for them by name. As you walk? No, I don't walk. She can't, her knees are bad. Right. My knees, yeah, in the spirit, yes, Brian. Yes, yes, yes. And so, and I call them by name. I call them by name to pray over. I claim the kids. Yeah. Because in the, in, in the pregnancy center, the Lord told me one day, because I just, I got kind of 
an attitude because I never saw any guys. I just saw the gals, you know, that were pregnant and their boyfriend wanted them to have an abortion. And so, and when they came in to uh, bring their baby after the baby was born, we would, they would do that and then we would give them a, a brand new layette. And, uh, and so the Lord said to me, the Lord said to me, Play, pray the blessing over them. And I said, but Lord, you know, there's just me. And he said, no, there's me and you. And so they would cry because it was the Lord. I would just say, you know, claim that child. And I never even, never entered my mind, never saw anything like that in the word. But God was so good to teach me because I didn't, I had this Baptist background and things were going on with me that I, you know, and just, I had to, I just had to start just submitting to the Lord when he would say, I want you to do this. And I would just say, oh, 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 Lord, really? Oh, you know, Lord, oh, don't make me do that, you know? And, and it's, that's just now we've got to be about our Father's business. I wish I could just put a thing on the, that went all around in just one of those cars that, with the loudspeakers, yeah. <laughs> you know, please come to Jesus, you know, you just don't realize about the wrath. And so the wrath is not for God's children. It's Unfortunately, even, even with all of that, there's still not few people that turn away. Yeah. You know, and, and rail against God. When they when they know that, you know, they still rail against God because they don't want to give up, you know. And same thing. I said, we have no right to ever say about the Jews how bad they were. We're not any better. We do the same things. No wonder. I say to the Lord sometimes, Lord, I don't know how you stand this. I just don't and, understand. And to that point, the people on, just take for instance on Facebook, that claim to want to see things change politically, um, that talk about how they really need to, you know, we got to get back to the way this country was. If as many people were truly convicted about changing this country back, when I, drove, when I drive to church on Sunday morning, the streets should be packed. And they're yes. dead. Nobody's going to church. Get to church. God wants to see you on your knees asking for forgiveness for this country. Turn from your wicked ways and pray for forgiveness. And nobody, that, that when I drive to church on Sunday morning, the streets are dead. And that's scripture too. Yeah. There needs to be a, a revival in the church. And when you're talking about people are fighting doctrines against doctrines, I believe, you know, God is raising up a church and a bride yes. of people that are going to have this passion in this hour and get down to business and be serious and, and realize what's going on. And that's when I was talking about the connection. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's going to just baffle us 
you know, we, we already know he's like so far beyond our thoughts and our ways, but I think we're just going to be so astounded at what he does and who he pulls together and the work that's going to happen. And the children, we were just talking about that uh, before, and then I was talking about that with Brittany. It's the kids. We, the, the kids, the enemy is after the kids. Mm -hmm. And if we're not taking the church and we're not teaching them, the world mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm is prophesying over them with movies and video games and music mm -hmm. and and what they're being taught in the school, mm -hmm. you know, and. Well, remember what, back when I told you about Taylor, you know, and she was just three. Yes. And I went in to pick her up from a, after church and uh, and she took me by the hand in the, on the, in the children's church. I taught in children's church, but not her age group. And so, there was the tomb, and so she got me by the hand, and she took me over there, and she said, Gamma, you never told me Jesus died. Oh. And it just blew me away, oh. because, and then, you know, I kind of saw that happening more with the kids that I taught, because, I mean, they'd be kind of unruly, Winter, but they would take was taking it all in, but I can understand because as the director of the pregnancy center, there was so many churches that I couldn't get in to talk about abortion. Just the doors were closed, and, and it, it did. I didn't expect that. I just I, I thought everybody. All these churches are, are serving Christ, and they're not. And, and so, your pastor says they will not be. Now, one pastor did call me in his office, ask me to please come early that day. And I was out at the Assembly of God, and he just told me. He, he said, uh, "I didn't really know him, but he said, I, I know there's women in our churches that have abortions, and I just want to know how you're going to approach that." And I said, "With love." and saying, oh, we can help. We have a program, yeah. please come. Oh, we'll wow. make a time for you. Wow. If you work during the day, can only come at night. Every Tuesday night, I counseled women who had had abortions and we had a whole program that we did, you know. And I just thought if these pastors only realized but the same thing's happening, Brian, because in this, in days, I just said, Lord, please. We need, Leslie and I, we wanted to get in a Bible study. We just desperately wanted to get in a Bible study. And I was always used to being in a Bible study. I told you, I've been in a Bible study for 40 years, but Brian, I've forgotten half of what, you know, because I'm 84 years old. Your kid's coming back. <laughs> Sounds like but, you know, sometimes Leslie says things will come to her because she had said, Mom, why didn't you explain the baptism of the Holy Spirit to me the way you're just, that you are telling me now? And I said, but I, I did, Leslie. And she said, no, Mom, you didn't. Because when I said, you know, well, you know, it makes the devil mad when we, I said, when we speak, when we pray in the spirit, and that's why he gets so angry. And so she said, well, 
She's your wife, and you just tell me that. <laughs> you know, and we all have our own journey to understand. Yeah, and God is so good to meet us right where we are. But I just want to thank you, Brian, and, and you guys that have just because uh, you know the the Lord feeds us some way when our hearts are hungry. Yeah. Oh, God right. sends a way to feed us, and we both. And Leslie got an email, and somebody was saying, "If you, you know, does anybody know of a Bible study?" It was on Facebook. Oh, it was on Facebook. Dave and Brian were all on it. And yeah. see, and I got a call, and well, more than one call, and just said, "Paula, you know what's going on?" And uh, you know, are, are you thinking about having a Bible study? Well, no, I've forgotten so much, so I, I just. You know, they wanted but, you to lead one. Yeah, you know, they said, Johnny said she'd yeah. come and help me if, uh, and so, but there, there's women in my neighborhood, and maybe it's because I'm old, but just because you're old doesn't mean you're mature and everything, you know, but they, <laughs> you know, I've had Bible studies in the, in the neighborhood. I've been in that neighborhood 28 years, I think. But anyway, I just, I have to, and people through the church because I was the director and made a lot of friends and, and we just, I mean, I've just had a lot of calls, want to know where we are. And it's like where I was going to church at the time. So people, are, they are wanting to know. And they were not pastors, but, you know, I just asked, I just asked. Finally, I just came out and I said where I was going to church. I said, how long does it take? to just say, please don't leave here today if you don't know the Lord. You know what, just listening to you, Paula, you praying through that uh, you know, spiritual prayer walk through your neighborhood. And you know, people are gonna reject truth. And the Bible says, because they received not a love for truth. But don't we believe that God is drawing those that have a hunger for truth? Oh, yes. And that will be that church that will be that body, his bride, those that have a hunger. Because there's people out there like, what is going on? People can be a female and they're a girl and a male, and, or the opposite. What is, this stuff has never been before. You can be a cat or a dog, it's crazy stuff we've never heard of. Yeah. But people are going, what? They want this, they want a truth and they want righteousness. They're, they're like, this is crazy. It's those people that are seeking for truth and righteousness that God's going to draw that hunger and love for truth. He's going to draw them. And I think so too. You, do you think church. right now, Terry, because this generation, they said, will lead us into revival because it says this generation wants truth above all else. They want truth. I think it's going to be the people that a lot of people count worthless, you know, because... I think it's going to be people that have have lived so vile and they're just done with that. They have nothing to lose. They don't have a reputation. And that's what God wants. He wants somebody that doesn't have their own identity and their own reputation. Because when we are too much of ourselves, and he, he can't use us completely. You know, we get in his way. We have to be stripped of our identity. And I, I, we were talking, you know, we were, we were talking and got a little transparent with each other about... Just recently, you know, like I had to tell myself, 
I, I've been lying to myself, you know, I haven't been giving it my all. And that's what he wants. He wants these people that are just ready to say, I, I, you know, they're, they're going to be bold mm -hmm. and they're not going to care because they've done it all and they've seen it all and they want God mm -hmm. more than anything else. That, that's the thing. I um, Obviously, because of the things I, I got involved in, um, I've learned I, I don't have the ability to judge anybody, nor should I ever judge anybody. If, if nothing else, I need to tell them that the reason why I made it through everything that I went through was because of God that cared. And I had a grandma that kept praying and, you know, praying over the children. Yes. I yes. truly, truly believe that had she not done that, I would be dead today. And it, I have, you, if you don't have a reputation, then you can go to somebody and tell them, hey, well, this is what I went through. This is what God did for me. And then hopefully the person that you're telling is open enough to see that, you know, you're trying to be truthful with them. You're trying to show them which way they need to go. And to me, that's what it's always been about is I know now that I can't judge anybody. Obviously, because of what I went through in my life, the things that I did in my life, I have no right to judge anybody, nor would I judge anybody. But maybe, just maybe, because of what I did and where I went, that I can, the word of your testimony, mm -hmm. that you can lead somebody. A great testimony yeah. has led many, yeah. many. Yeah. And I, I said to Leslie about Taylor, gave her heart to the Lord, you know, and, uh, and so we got in my to come home from church that day, the band, she's sitting back up there in the band, but at the one time she said about Jesus, she just let it go. She sat in her car seat and said, Gemma, you never told me Jesus died. And I'm just saying, Lord, give me something, you know. But, um, Taylor looked trapped. Yeah. <laughs> so she, we're, we're talking about Taylor. Yes. And so we're going to see Taylor Thanksgiving. My only grandchild. Taylor got saved. She was sitting in the back of the van. She's sitting in the back and she said, You never told me Jesus died. Yes. And then what did she? She's in this. And it, it's unbelievable. I mean, that this child is this young. But that just goes to show that how young they can know. Oh, well, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because I told, I told her. One day she said it was sleeting and snowing and Leslie worked in St. Louis and left at six o'clock in the morning and sometimes they get home till six o'clock at night. And uh, she needed to do that to support her and Taylor. She wasn't getting any child support. <laughs> Sorry, honey. But I, no, I, I want to tell you this because it was, she came to me and she said, yeah, mom, I worried about my mom. And I said, well, what do we do? When, when we're worried about something, we pray, she said. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna agree with you. And so you just talk to the Lord and I'm gonna agree with you. And just the most beautiful little prayers, you know? <laughs> and so I, I tell Leslie, you know, we just gotta claim her for the kingdom, you know? Yeah. We gonna, you know, a lot of prayer goes into it, you know? But the reason, 
that God grabbed my heart so much about kids is uh, down in uh, where we go to church, down in, at our condo, is called Liberty Church. And we found out they have a ministry. I never, they have a ministry to kids that are sex trafficked out of, they had rescued 6,800 in one year. Wow. Yeah, and, and they're international. Wow. And they have a ministry. They have a place for them to go, wow. have a place for them to stay. Wow. And, and so I, I just began to, because I said, the kids that are being sent all around, we don't know where they're going. We don't know how many of them are sex trafficked. And Jesus says about the little ones. And so you guys, it's just, it's in my heart. And yet, I'm too old to teach a, a, a class. I don't, I pray, and I pray rock. But it's not all kids, you know. And I just think, Lord, is there anything that I can still do on this earth that could include kids? Because I just feel the need to tell them, you know, honey, you got somebody that loves you so much that do you know that your name is written in the palm of God's hand? Did you know he rejoices over you with singing? And that every hair on your head is counted? That's somebody that loves you that much and his name is Jesus. And I said, how simple. Isn't that simple? It just, She's good. you know, yeah. it just, it, you know. <laughs> See, That's awesome. you guys, these, these two guys have to put up with me. No, but we, did, we enjoy it. You know what's awesome, Paula, is you're just, you guys don't give up because our pastor, she's getting ready to be 90. She is 90. Old pastor. How, yeah. how, what's, 90. She's, she preached on Heritage Sunday. She pastored our church when I first came. I wondered when you said. Yeah. And here she is talking about what it was before our pastor now has it. What it was before. And this is home missions. This is what we did. We sacrificed here. We did 10 days of prayer and fasting. We did all night prayer meetings. We did, uh, you know, just people that sacrificed financially and this is home missions. And then she said, and, and now, you know, our pastor kind of shows videos and stuff. This is what it is now. And then she gets up in there and she goes, you know what? I'm not done. She, she was dressed in this garb and she did like a mime. It wasn't sign language. It wasn't really miming, but it was, it was beautiful. But to me, it said, I'm not done. I'm 90, but guess what? I'm doing this. And she did all this beautiful. It was beautiful. But you're doing the same thing. You're not done. You're not done. You know, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to believe it because my neighbor, well, Lorraine, Lorraine had texted me. She said, I saw Michelle Farr still at your house. She was there all night. She was there all night long. It was there for yeah. She was like, she's not supposed to be there still. That's but, great, though. I had told you I had told to me and Michelle. Really I, had I had told Lorraine mm -hmm. that, uh, Oh, we're not, we're not. Yeah, we're still. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole Wesley get wasn't getting any. Well, so me. <laughs> <laughs> you asked, shocked about the fact that we're still on, but let me say this. One thing that can always be done. I wonder how many of those girls at your beauty shop own a Bible. 
Mm. You know what? I had a, I had a, God had me to have a Bible study in my neighborhood, my first neighborhood, and they were all Catholics. But when they came, Brian, they didn't have a Bible. And so, uh, They're not my encouraged church, to. my church, uh, bought them all a Bible. Good. And then challenge them, say, when I come back, how, how far between visits is it? Well, I'm not going to that one anymore. She doesn't go to that hairdresser anymore. There's another one. And well, I already witnessed to her the last week. <laughs> See, we witnessed. She, uh, I told, when I told Leslie that, you know, I just said, uh, you know, that's, this is what I'm doing. And that's my neighbor across the street is ready to receive the Lord because I didn't even know when in the years that she's lived there, started asking me a lot of questions and they went to the Catholic Church, so I just assumed they were Catholic too. Well, they're not, but she's not, he is. And so she has all these things, all these questions, and, and so I just told her all of them, but and just a few weeks ago is when I told her, you know, I just wanna make sure that everybody that I love is, is going to heaven. And I said, uh, I just want to make sure, honey, that you know you've repented of the of your sins in your heart and asked Jesus to come in. And uh, and so she would come to a Bible study if I had a Bible study. Wow. Wow. And so, Lorene, I just said, I've been sitting here, Lorene, and I said, I'm not doing anything <coughs> for the Lord. And, and yes, she's very quiet. Yes, well, that's what I was going to tell you, honey. She's very quiet. She hardly says anything. And we were out on the deck. And she said, listen to me. You are doing something for the Lord. Your very life shouts who you are. I don't think you understand how, how precious you are and what an impression that you make. And so she started feeling a little bit better then, you know. But because as I said, Lorene, you know, because she said, listen to me. <laughs> She's a Christian too, you know. And uh, and you really are. You're fixing to have a Bible study in your hair place for me to go to. Well, you know what? I'm just thinking, you know, I just wonder. See, when, when the, Leslie had gotten that email or on Facebook about somebody having a Bible study, she and I had just, and so when she told me Brian was back here, and I said, oh, I said, Leslie, I said, I wonder, I said, we've got that place uptown that Mike and uh, Sandy own, and we can get that free because we're friends with them. And we did. We had a reunion up there. And I said, I said, I wonder, I said, you know, maybe we could get that and Brian could minister to us because Leslie sent me. I got all kind of things that Leslie has sent me. And so I told Leslie, I said, I can't believe that when I met you, I felt like I knew you. But I told Leslie, I said, when I hugged you, it just felt like, Son, son, I'm so glad to see you because you have been, you've been, I've been taken in from you. And I knew something 
we were supposed to be connected with you some way because we were praying about it. And I just said, you know, we could probably fill that building up there of a night, you know. And it's going to happen. And, and you know what? And he's needed us because he's been through a lot. And we didn't know why he had to go through what he went through. But I said, Brian, you're fixing. God's fixing to open up this door for end time Bible study. Mm -hmm. And I really believe it's going to it's starting with you guys. Yeah. It really well, is. God's going to knit it all together. He's going to knit it all together. And he's going to reach a lot of people. A lot of people that God has his hand. He, he has his hand on you. You already know that. But I just, I told Leslie, I said that just so there's like a, I've known him my whole life. And, but I said, you know, isn't it great that when I met you two girls, it just, my spirit just witnessed. You don't know that to us. That's you my daughter so much last night. Yes. You don't realize. Because I tell you what, you know, we've been in church 30 years, probably about 20 same, something years. And yeah. you know, you hear, we don't want that. No, don't tell me about that. No, I don't want to hear that. They just cut you off, cut you off, cut you off. And here you are, what age? 85. 85, Sister Bible, 90, going, guess what? I'm ministering to these people. I'm going to the hairdressers and talking to them, and I'm talking to my neighbors, and I'm talking to my granddaughter. Boy, you don't give up. You know, here's here's our elders ministering and inspiring us, talking about you know, the unborn. What can, what, what can we do as our part for the unborn? What can we do for our part as, you know, to these children are being sex trafficked? Well, I can find you all the information yeah. we need well, for that. Well, you know what? And and I've always prayed. I think I told you that I've always prayed when I seen those pictures. I would pray for that child. I remember and you witnessing to me about that boy. Sean, what was his name? I never forgot his face. I continued to pray for him. And it was probably three to five years later. I can't remember if they found him. You told me that. And Hornbeck. Hornbeck. Sean Hornbeck. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? And I never forgot his face and his name. And I was like, they found him. So yeah. all those years I had been praying for people, it wasn't for nothing. I thought about that, honey, you know, when I was, you know, thinking about the, the kids. You know, I was thinking about <coughs> you telling me about that. <coughs> One day I was on my work, on my way to work, and I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm just so tired today. We had a Bible study the night before and went on till past midnight because we were having a Bible study down the street. I was leading wounded, um, hope for a wounded heart. We got people came in. I mean, there were three women that came in whose husbands had left them. And so we would minister after, after the lesson, we would minister. And, it, and then it just got where that is too much for her house. And my husband had said, you know, it's kind of hard to fall asleep and know you gotta go to work the next day and your wife's not home from a Bible study. And I said, you know, that's why I didn't have it at my house. But I didn't know, but God called us to ministry. Mm -hmm. 
and all these women were coming. So, but I was on my way to work, and I just said, Lord, I just, I, I just, I just wished I didn't have to go to work today. I'm just so tired, and you know, and I just whining. And I get to work and go in, and and I thought, I, well, I hope my first client don't show up. And I thought, there she is. <laughs> and so she comes in and she wants abortion information. We don't advertise as abortion information. We do uh, give you the truth <coughs> about abortion and we'll prove to you, uh, you know, that's not of the Lord. And when they say things like, there's just something about this sinner, you know, something about this, you know, they come in and there's something about this place. Uh, yeah, you know, every day we prayed over every single appointment in all three centers between each other. So the people were prayed for three times. And so I go in there with her, she's abortion minded. She changes her mind. I give her the gospel and she comes to the Lord. She doesn't abort. She scraps the guy. And one day, I come in from lunch and in the outer office, she's sitting there and she's got a guy with her. And uh, so she said, Miss Paula, do you have a few minutes? And I said, yeah, I do. I mean, I don't have an appointment at one. And so they came in and uh, I said, uh, I want to tell you, uh, this is my son. If, if you hadn't told her about the Lord, she would have aborted the baby. So the dad wanted the baby, huh? Blew, blew me away. Baby looked just like you. <laughs> you know what he did? He got a DNA. He got a DNA. Because <coughs> it's just it's just amazing what the Lord does and it I miss it, you guys. I just miss ministering to those inspire us. Paula, maybe you can inspire yes. us to I've always had a burden for the sex traffic. Now I don't know how in the world yeah. I'd ever get into something like that. Well, oh yeah, we I could get all I'll I'll tell sure you, you could Madison be. County. Uh, at talk, dealing with uh, people in Madison County Jail, you know, through 2021 and ministering to some people there, I had uh, talked to public defenders. Last name Barton actually was the public defender, and I don't even—I mean, it was the Lord that that had them bring this up because I was just calling on behalf of of an inmate, and uh, he said there is in in the county of Madison County there is no refuge for people that like um like women that have uh, abusive situations or people that are in, in the prison system that need to come out and like for instance like somebody that's not really a criminal but they're homeless and they're not they're not mentally uh fit to go into like the mental institution they're just kind of in a, they're like in a loophole where like somewhere where they can get get on their feet you know, like like a halfway house, so to speak, 
for inmates, uh, for battered women, for uh, people coming out of abuse situations, sex trafficking, anything like that. Madison County doesn't have anything in it. I said, are you serious? Madison County doesn't? He said, no. And he said, I can tell you right now, if you had, if you had something in the works, he said, I know me and a judge that would back whoever would be willing to, to begin something like that. Wow. And um, so, you know, I just thought, it's never left my mind. I thought about it. We, we were talking about it. You know, like there's, there's a need for that. And then I was talking to my daughter-in-law today. She saw a homeless person in Highland. And yeah, and so we were talking about it. And she's like, there's just nowhere for them to go. And I said, well, you know, she's like, I just pray, you know, God, you're big enough that you can just make something happen. Well, there is a whole complex that is wide open. And I said, you know, God, if that's what you wanted for Highland, and if that's what, it's just odd that this complex has always had a purpose up until this year. And now it's in foreclosure. And it's no longer being used for what it's been used for. Oh, are you talking about the fake countryside? No, but it's close by. And I thought, you know what, God, you own a cattle on a thousand hill. You can make anything happen. That's so I'm right. just like, if that's if that's what the intention for that is or whatever, like it seems like everything's not in place for that to happen or whatever. But you know what? You're a god of the impossible, and you can just and make it happen. So how can how can we pray? We can pray in a, in agreement. And then can you follow up? Maybe this is maybe this is all tied together because now there is a place in Fairview Heights, you know. Yeah. Because but that's St. Clair County. Yes. yes. But, not but what's odd is that the how I found out about this place was I I had called and I was talking to somebody and I had mentioned the this place. I said, What are you gonna do with that? And they said, Oh, we, we don't have anything to do with it anymore. It's in foreclosure. And I was like, Oh, Okay, I was like, "Wow, I wonder what's going to happen." So somebody, somebody will probably buy it and maybe remodel, turn it into that paragraph. Who knows? But we have, we have anything to do with it anymore. I was like, "Okay," and then <laughs> the wheels started turning on that. And, and, and you know, to have a homeless person in Highland. Me too. Yeah, but you I know think what I thought. Yeah, there's there's more than we know. You know actually. what I pointed to you. Was the homeless person that came up to you at the grocery store, uh, and but it was a Highland. We it saw was, some families. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of. Them. She said she he was hungry. She uh, asked me to buy her soda, which yeah. she came up with a six pack of Mountain Dew. I'm like, okay, and then she grabbed one and drank it. Like, and she gave me this look like, mm -hmm, you're gonna buy me the whole six pack. Oh <laughs> and I was like, okay, she needs one for later. Okay. <laughs> she needs four, five really. I'm hungry. I need a six or a Mountain Dew. Well, she came and watched as uh, we were checked. I, I got weak because until I, uh, where had we been? Anyway, Carrie, the doctor's apartment probably. Yeah. Yeah. And we were getting some groceries. Yeah. And, and I told her when she came up behind me, she goes, I was just wondering, do you think you can buy me a soda? I said, now you'll have to wait. I'm on the clock right now. And I said, I'm shopping for my lady. And I said, I have quite a bit of list. And I showed her the list. It wasn't a ton. It was really only a handful of things. But, you know. Oh, is that, but you got to have to wait for your mountain dew. Yeah. yeah. I said, you're going to have to wait. It, it's it's no. I got to go to the shopping uh, at Walmart. Okay. Oh, okay. Fair I think I was interested after me shopping for another half hour. I can't yeah. remember how long it was.
Thank you for tuning in.